Greetings, friends. So today I want to focus on Matthew 6, and we'll look at Matthew 6, verses 1 through 13. And so I want to title this session, Rules of Engagement, Engaging with who you might ask, Engaging with the Lord, because praying in this season of our lives, we have to pray without ceasing. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we pray and we pray out of routine. We pray out of tradition. We pray based on what we've seen others do. But we don't have to worry about how we pray because a roadmap to prayer is laid out for us right there in Matthew and 6. So for the sake of brevity, I'm going to kind of summarize Matthew 1 through 8, but I'm going to go into detail with the Lord's Prayer, which is verses 9 through 13. And so when I look at um, verse in verses 1 through 8, we, we, we're given some rather great tips on how to pray, some rather great instructions on how, on what not to do during prayer. Um, one is we don't make a show out of it. We don't want to get out on the street corner and scream out the prayer or pray and say fancy words just to just to uh, appease others around us or have all these great cliches that we say just so others will hear us speak and we make a show of it. We're just putting on a performance. Well, as you put on that performance, you have to understand that God doesn't get the glory. You get the glory. And when we get the glory in that situation, we're not praying to the Lord. We're praying to ourselves. So everything that we do is for God to get the glory. Um, and then we have to make sure Again, if you're not on a street corner or in a, a public place and you're screaming out, because it says that when you go to God in your secret place, he will bless you openly. By blessing you openly, people will look and try and figure out why is he or she smiling? Why are things so, why does she seem as if things are so great? She's still, because the Lord is going to bless you and they're not going to see you screaming and crying uh, in pain. They may not see you out openly screaming and praying on the side of the street, but guess what? They will see you in your secret place. And in that secret place, you can go to God without distractions. You can go to God and understand exactly uh, what he's saying. You can hear him because there's not anything in front of you. There are not people there to distract you. There are not things going on around you. It's just you and the Holy Father. And he is speaking to you and he is leading you. And then it says, don't be repetitive. Saying the same thing over and over and over. Well, let me tell you, God heard you the first time. And to be very honest, he knew what you would say before you even open your mouth to say it because the Lord knows our hearts. He knows our needs. He knows what we're thinking. And so when you go to the Lord, you don't have to say the same thing over and over again because he understands that even over in Romans 8 and 26, even when you can't utter a word, the Lord knows and hears your prayer. The Holy Spirit is there interceding on your behalf. So he hears us. But when you do pray, when you do pray, the instructions were left for you. And let's go through the Lord's Prayer together. It says, and we should pray after this manner, our Father, which art in heaven. See, we're acknowledging who God is. He's ours. He is our Father. And see, when you're the Father, you're the head of the household. So guess what? Our Father, the head of our lives. It says, which art in heaven. So that gives you his hierarchy in our lives. He's above all. He's in heaven. He looks down on, on us every day. So we understand that he is not only the head of the household, he is number one. He sits high and looks low. So then it says, hallowed be thy name. 
power basically means that we are giving God the glory. We are praising his name. We are lifting him up at that moment. So hallowed be thy name. Our God, our Lord, he is uh, everything. We give him the praise because we, we honor him. We give him glory. So we're acknowledging who God is and we're praising him. And then it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So not our will, Lord, but your will. Lord, we are acknowledging that whatever you do in our lives, it's your will, your perfect will be done in our lives on earth and in heaven. So we're acknowledging that it's not all about what we think we need. We have to operate in God's perfect will. So when we pray, we've we acknowledge who God is. We acknowledge his position in our lives. We we have prayed, we praise him, we've given him the honor, the glory, and then we say, "Lord, not our will, but your will be done in our lives." And then we make sure that we pray according to the word so that we know that we're in we're, we're aligned with what God will have for us. And then it says, "Give us our daily bread." Now, as a kid, I thought we were actually praying for for some for bread, for food. And I realized that no, we're praying that God meets our needs based on the previous scripture according to his will on earth and in heaven. So as we pray, this is a time we petition to God and we ask him to meet our needs. We ask him for things that we that are, that we're looking for and we we seek his assistance in our lives and we ask for things. But guess what? Then it says, now listen, we've acknowledged who God is. We have also given God the honor, the praise, and the glory. We told the Lord, not our will, but your will on earth as in heaven. And then we went back and we said, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give or meet our needs, O Heavenly Father. But then we say, Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Not forgive us our debts. And possibly I'll later forgive our debtors. Not forgive us our sins and our wrongdoings. And when I feel better about the situation, I'll forgive that person over there. No, we're not, we're not saying that. We're saying right now, Lord, as you forgive me, I forgive those who have wronged me. As you forgive me for all the sin that I've done, I forgive those who have sinned against me. I forgive those who've lied. I forgive those who've cheated on cheated me out of things. I forgive those who have stolen from me. I forgive those who've scandalized my name in the streets on social media and all over the world. I forgive them right now as you forgive me. And then it says to lead us not into temptation. So when we ask the Lord to lead us not into temptation, we're basically saying, Lord, please prevent me from some of these things that I may not be strong enough to handle. This may not be the the the, the moment that I can stand strong. So Lord, please. Please don't lead me into that situation because I don't want to sin against you. So, Lord, please help me in those situations. But just in case I end up there, Lord, deliver me from evil. So if things are around me, I don't see it, see them. I don't hear it. I don't know about it. When I am in those situations, Lord, I'm asking you to deliver me from it so that anything, any uh, demonic force, anything that is around me, anything that is, that is of the enemy has no power in my life because, Lord, I know you can deliver deliver me. And then it says, for thine is the kingdom. Lord, the kingdom is yours. I know where I'm going. It's your kingdom. The earth is your kingdom. This is yours, not mine. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Lord, you have all power in your hands. This is not my battle. Anything that I'm going through is not mine. 
you have the power. You have the power to transform me, Lord. You have the power to forgive me. You have the power to heal me. You have the power to change me. You have the power to keep me. The power, Lord, and the glory. You have all the glory, Heavenly Father. Everything about you is glorious and it's yours. And then it says, not just for now, but for forever. For forever. That's not just today. That's not just next week. That's not just when my grandmother prayed for me 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's for now. That's where our grandkids 50 years later. That's for our our children. So for forever, Lord, you can do these things. You have everything in your hand. And then it ends with amen. So it is. So when we end our prayer, we end with amen. So it is. And lets us know that, Lord, you have control over everything. And when we ask these things in prayer and we come to you and with a strong belief in our heart and we end with so it is, so let it be. Because we know that, God, you have control in this situation. So I just want everyone to understand that, yes, the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. But when you find those moments and you want to get in tune with God in prayer, here's a roadmap for you. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible lays it all out for us. So when you have a moment that you really want to focus on prayer and what God will have us to do, focus on Matthew 6 because it lays it all out for us. And Matthew 6 chapter verses 1 through 13 you can't go wrong because in that moment, we know we're giving God all of the honor that he deserves. I know this is straight to the point today, but I just wanted to share that because in these times, again, we should be praying without ceasing. We're dealing with some strange things in this world. We're coming to hopefully to the end of a pandemic. We've lost a lot of people. A lot of people are hurt, including myself, from all of the hurt that we've dealt with over the last two years. A lot of people or God has put you on a mission to transform lives and so we're going to constantly need prayer constantly need to read the word of God and stay in tune to what God has for us so as you go to God in prayer I hope that this is beneficial to you I hope that this is able to help you as you go to God in prayer be blessed my friends and stay in tune with what God has for you Have a great evening. Have a great day. Have a great morning. Wherever you are, I just hope it's great and it's blessed in the Lord. Bye-bye.